Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Now, it's summertime, and that means it's time to start getting our trail cameras ready and our trail cameras out to start capturing pictures of velvet bucks. And our friends at Exodus are kicking things off with Velvet Fest. Now, what is Velvet Fest? Long story short, Velvet Fest is the opportunity for you to win a variety of different prizes just by purchasing Exodus Trail Cameras, one of the best trail cameras on the market. Now, until July 12th, when you purchase any trail camera, you will be automatically entered into a drawing to win a variety of prizes from companies like Wicked Tree Gear, Maven Rifle Scopes, Tethered Tree Saddles, and of course, Exodus Trail Cameras. Be sure to follow Exodus on Facebook and Instagram, and be sure to visit ExodusOutdoorGear.com for more information on Velvet Fest. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting, the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bear. On this episode of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast, we're down in Oklahoma meeting with Jeff Ford of the... Oklahoma Department of Wildlife, and we're talking the nitty-gritty of bears. This is a cool podcast because Jeff is a he's a biologist, and he is a he's a he's pretty much the man in Oklahoma when it comes to black bear. And there's a fascinating story about Oklahoma black bear, some fascinating hunting opportunities, but really it's a fascinating conservation story. So we have a really interesting conversation where we nerd out, absolutely nerd out about black bears super fun. Jeff Ford has, has become a good friend of mine over the last several years as uh, I've gotten to know him because you have to check bears in 
you actually have to take the bear to the check station. And that's how I met Jeff, was the first year that I harvested a bear in Oklahoma. I met Jeff Ford. We've become friends since then. Jeff is a traditional bow hunter. Fun podcast. Hey, I want to bring to your attention, we just put up a very cool video on our YouTube channel. I don't know if you're watching our YouTube stuff, but you should. We've got a new video called Stalking, and it's about my hunt in British Columbia. Pretty incredible video. A lot of really neat stalks, stalking a bear through a culvert. And just, it's a it's a great video. It's up on the Bear Hunting Magazine YouTube channel. Check it out. Below the videos, you're gonna see a Bear Hunting Magazine store, and it's our Teespring store. And if you'll click on those, you'll see a wide variety of T-shirts, swag, stuff, phone covers, whatever. All, all kind of stuff, the Bear Tech says, that uh, you can buy from our Teespring store. So check that out. Lastly, we are taking pre-orders for the Bear Horizon Season 5 DVD. So all our Bear Horizon videos from any given year we make into a DVD that you can give away to friends, that you can give away as Christmas presents, that you can watch at your leisure. We have now five DVDs that we've made. It's available at bear-hunting.com. Guys, check out the Western Bear Foundation. These guys are fighting the good fight for bear hunters and bear conservation out in the western United States. Check them out. This is a membership-driven organization. If you become a member of the nonprofit Western Bear Foundation, you also get a subscription to Bear Hunting Magazine. Check them out. See what they're doing. They're allies in the fight for preservation of hunting, bear hunting, bears, wild places. Good guys. Check them out. Now on to southeast Oklahoma. Welcome to the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. We are in Hodgin, Oklahoma today. Yes, sir. With... uh, with a good friend of mine has become a good friend over the last few years through checking bears but uh i'm with jeff ford and i'll introduce him i've also got the bear tech colby moorhead mm-hmm. give him a give him a hello hello we were just talking about how colby doesn't say much but, yeah but uh <laughs> no this is a this is going to be i've been looking forward to this conversation for a while jeff but uh so jeff is a you're a biologist with the Oklahoma Department of Game and Fish. Yes, sir. How long? Well, give us a little bit of an introduction, Jeff. But my initial question would be, how long have you been working with the department? I started full-time with the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife in 1995. I'd worked a couple of years prior to that, uh, just part-time. And uh, opportunity came up for a full-time position, so I, I hopped right in there. As a biologist? I, as a bi- I started out as a wildlife technician, and I became okay. a biologist uh, about 13 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you, you're originally from this area, southeast Oklahoma. Yes, sir. I grew up 10 miles from here. 10 spent, miles. Spent my here. whole life in southeast Oklahoma. Yeah. And a little personal background you're a traditional bow hunter that's right that's yeah. the uh to me that's the purest way to hunt you know? yeah and uh i admit i do grab 
crossbow late deer season. Yeah. Uh, if I haven't put any meat on the table yet, but yeah, yeah so I like eating them way better and I like missing them. So I, <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we're looking at a couple of nice southeast Oklahoma whitetails on the wall right there. A couple of nice deer. Yeah, I'm I'm really blessed. Have some good areas to hunt yeah. and and have a little time in the fall, usually in December. Yeah, uh, to get out and chase them after bear season's over. Yeah. So, so you are. I I want to get into you, but I I want to talk about the the landscape, which I was almost going to jump into, kind of the the landscape of where we're at and whatnot but you are there's not an official bear biologist of oklahoma am i correct in saying that's correct but if there was one it would probably be you yes sir yes (laughs) (laughs) if you could put it that way see in arkansas we had well now it's a large carnivore coordinator because now Uh we have confirmed mountain lion sightings in arkansas so it was there was a bear biologist quote unquote that was over all the bear operations mm-hmm. now his title is car- large carnivore biologist yes sir but so in oklahoma you're the you're the bear man right i've uh you know just living in an area where we have most of the bear that are in oklahoma are within 40 miles of where we are right now and uh so just uh, i guess it's it's fallen on me you know yeah. to take care of the nuisance bear and the hunting seasons uh, that we have for bear now we've had for the last 10 years yeah uh, we've had a season so uh so i'm i'm responsible for what goes on right and keeping up with with the records yeah so to give just a general would you jeff give a general history of well this is such a big box of cards here where did these bears come from and how long have you guys been hunting them? Could, could we ask that question? Yeah, we the bear that are here were the ones that were part of relocated into uh, southern Missouri and, and northern Arkansas in the '60s. Yeah, and it it's taken them, you know, that long to work their way down through the mountains and and into here. We've we had our first uh, confirmed nuisance bear if we could call it a nuisance most call it a problem bear you know right. uh, around 1989 okay and uh we've year after year and, and a lot depending on the weather you know the the sightings right. increased and and the problem number of problem bears increased uh usually related with drought and uh we've had we started a hunting season we decided through research we've done the research and uh projects and we've been doing uh bear surveys since the early 90s and uh we we decided 10 years ago that we had enough bear in southeast oklahoma the four furthest southeast counties to have a bear season and we started a, a bear season in 2009 with a 20 bear quota right and uh, the first year the quota wasn't met, they almost got there. There's 19 mm. bear harvested. Mm. And uh, the second year, hunting, everyone was allowed to hunt with crossbows. It was legal, legalized in 2010. 
and just so happened that year was when there was a, a severe drought started. Mm. So 2010, bear season lasted one day. We still had a quota. 20 bear quota. 20 bear quota, and they harvested 32 bear on the first day. Wow. So, yeah, we shut it down. We had a lot Don't of mad. Don't give these Oklahomans crossbows. <laughs> yeah. We on had a drought year. Yeah. yeah. We, we had a lot of hunters that were upset because going from the data from the previous year, right. uh, when only 19 bear were harvested, they thought they had plenty of time to hunt. Yeah. And so, I mean, I had people showing up out here <laughs> ready to wring my neck. You know, I haven't even gone hunting and it's over. So, uh, 2011 rolled around. The drought was still ongoing. Uh, bear season lasted two days then. We still had the 20 bear quota and they harvested 31 bear. Mm. And talking with other states, southern states that have a black bear season, uh, they they were telling us that, you know, sometimes quotas work and sometimes they don't. Normally on a on a bad year, you'll have a lot of bear harvested, bad weather-wise and, and food-wise. Right. Food and then on a good year, when there's a lot, big, large mass uh, crop and the weather cools off early and the bears slow down and they're, they're full, uh, it'll go back down. And we've seen that. We took the quota off after three years and uh and and that year uh you know all the hunters were happy they got to hunt all they wanted yeah. and uh the harvest was up yeah. but but not to where we were concerned and since then we've seen it we've had a record year in 2018 with 85 bear harvested 85 yeah. so it went from so you've had over since 2009 and we're coming into the tenth year of hunting bears in Oklahoma. the The harvest has been between nineteen and eighty five bears. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yearly, the fall of twenty eighteen was our tenth bear okay. season. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we've had a year in there where they only harvested twenty eight bear yeah. after the quota was taken off. So, and, and we've been seeing the bear. If you just averaged our overall bear harvest, it's going to be about 50 bear a 50 year. 50 bear a year. Right. And you said it earlier, but they're current, well, up until this year, and we can talk about the regulation changes, but for the last 10 years, there has been four counties in southeast Oklahoma that were open for bear hunting, and it was it's legal to hunt bear on private land in those counties over bait. So that's right. been the method. That's pro been the primary method of harvest. That's the is, most successful yep, way to harvest. Is that you guys wanted archery hunters hunting bear on private land and using bait, and that was that was a methodology for harvesting them. Yeah, that's we didn't see a problem with yeah. letting people hunt over bait on private, on public hunting areas in Oklahoma. That's managed by the department. There's no baiting is allowed for right. any type of, of harvest yeah. Uh, yeah. of wildlife. Well, and we've talked about it so much, uh, even on this podcast. You couldn't kill, if, if there was no baiting in this part of the state, I mean, just a handful of bears would be killed every year. I mean, right. so it's a management tool. Right. It's, a, it's a management tool for you guys that have the research, that have the science, that have the knowledge of how many bears need to be extracted 
it's a management tool to be able to do that. Right, and it allows hunters to observe the bear before season gets here. Yeah, and they know what's coming in. Yeah, uh, that's a good good thing about it. They can, uh, you know, our research bear all have ear tags. Some of them have collars, and yeah. we can talk about some of the changes that's going on with that. But it, uh, I have a lot of hunters who are, you know, are female bears that research bear have pink ear tags, and so they know it's easy to tell. Yeah, that, that ear tag. Yeah, and uh, and so they know it's a female. If they want to harvest some, we they're legal to yeah. harvest if they want, but some people just don't want to. But uh, even the overbait, and you guys know your bear hunters. Once those acorns start falling, it gets really tough. Yes, it does. So, uh, and that's one of the reasons our harvest was up, you know, this year was, you know, uh, it stayed hot. Yeah. The bear were moving and the acorns were gone relatively early. Yeah. So the bear kept coming to the bait. The weather was right for the hunters. I mean, it seems, you know, everyone says, well, the animals aren't moving, but... When it gets cold and wet, the hunters quit, for the most part, quit moving too. And, yeah. And so, uh, but this year it stayed warm. The hunters were active and the bears were active. And, yeah. Uh, had a lot of opportunity. We harvested a lot of big boars this year, which mm-hmm. was great because that's our target animal that's there. That's the target animal. And that's so great. we haven't got the ages back on the, on, on the right. bear yet, uh, but we... Just from seeing the bear, we saw several big boars, 350, 400 pounds. And then yours was huge. And we then we had a, uh, I believe it's 608 pound wow. bear. Wow. Harvested in Pushmataha County. Wow. That's a monster. That monster. Is, yeah. People don't realize well, how big they get. So to talk a little bit about, so we've established that there's been a bear season in Oklahoma for 10 years. The, the the kind of the broader story of these bears to me really is fascinating and it is the it's it's a hallmark story of the conservation efforts of hunters and biologists really across the country for sure but you know they in arkansas they say that the reintroduction of arkansas black bears which which happened between 1954 and 1964. They brought in 254 bears into Arkansas, released them in three different places. The closest which of one of those places would have been uh, Dry Creek over in uh, Yale and Scott County, I think, in Arkansas, which from right here would probably be close to 50, 60 miles from here into Arkansas. So that would have been the closest relocation place to where we're at right now. And here, 50, 60 years later, those bears are here now. And, and, and the reason being is because the habitat for bears is excellent right here. And, and if you looked at the topographic map of western Arkansas, you'd see southwestern Arkansas, you'd see a block of east-west running ridges called the Washita Mountains, spelled O-U-A-C-H-I-T-A. Looks mm-hmm. like Oachita. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Ranellick says Oachita. Uh, um, uh, but it's pronounced Washita with a W. And, and we're the Washita Mountains tail into southeast Oklahoma. And we're really in some spectacular, beautiful mountains under 3,000 feet, most of them. Um, 
But that's why the bears are here, right, Jeff? I mean, that's just right. the habitat. It's perfect habitat. In National bear. Forest. And that's where I was going to go, sitting right here in Hodgin at your office here, uh, Game and Fish uh, or Department of Wildlife land here. Just about any direction you go is going to be National Forest. That's right. 240,000 acres in the floor County. Wow, is of, it that much? Of Washtenaw National Forest. And then around 130,000 in McCurtain County. Okay. And then you have timber company land also. And so, and those are also a couple of WMAs, you know, that okay. we uh, lease land from Weyerhaeuser and a couple other timber companies. Yeah. So there's a, a lot of country that with without a lot of humans in yeah. here. Which there's lots of private land that's great habitat too. Mm-hmm. So th- these four counties would have kind of been the hub, but there are bears way outside of these four counties. That's correct. Now yeah. that I don't have a ton of insight into. I mean, I've hunted, I, I alluded to it, and some people might have known this, but I, I've hunted Oklahoma the last four or five years, and I live kind of in Arkansas, on the western edge of Arkansas. So I, I feel like I'm home when I'm here in the Washtals in Oklahoma. But really, I don't, I don't know this country that well further west of here. How big is the bear range, Jeff? Well, we've had bear show up just south of Oklahoma City which is okay. 200 miles west of here. Okay. Now, they're not they're not a resident bear in that area. Right. When the drought was going real strong, you know, and they were following those watersheds, okay. you know, looking for food and staying on water. So, uh, but we have excellent habitat west of here to down, just say, McAllister, Calvin area. You can get on a map and look at that. And it starts getting, then it starts running into cross timbers habitat which black bear prefer uh, more of a heavily tell me what cross timber habitat is cross timbers is where you're looking at large tracks 160 200 acre tracks or more of hay meadows cattle okay pasture and then just hardwoods on the creeks and the fence rows and that's now would that be man uh, man induced habitat i mean like when you're talking about 160 acre was that like the blocks that people were homesteading Mm -hmm. and cutting all the timber off something cutting timber using it for cropland or or hay or cattle grazing in some of these areas you know the only timber is in the riparian areas now does the cross timber i always thought that had to do with the short stubby post oaks that they made cross ties out of well that also but it's considered cross timbers habitat okay and so yeah you're looking now, does that does that word cross timbers is that referring to the type of timber or the the mishmash of its crop and the habitat okay okay, okay. Yeah. so and anyway that's the bear are are in there and we know they're there especially with yeah. everyone has trail cameras now on their whatever their feeders out in the back 40 or whatever so we're getting a lot of a lot of so the uh bears would range almost all the way down to the texas border that's right yeah we've had them down right on the red river i'll be done and now whether they're staying there year round or, or not but some of the research there you know that we've caught right here 
10 miles from my house. Once the mating season is over, they go 70 miles west. Wow. And right on the edge of the Washita Highlands. And they'll stay there all summer, all fall. They'll den there and then come back here during tell, the mating Tell season. me about that specific bear. Like, okay. just like where, you don't have to give specifics of the, the names of the places he was at, but just like, because that's fascinating. And you've told me about this before, but this bear. Yeah, we uh, caught this bear. He was a problem bear in eating cat food. You know, lady just <laughs> kept pouring, you know, uh, I don't know who would think cat could eat 10 pounds of cat food a day, but she was putting she was out that much. She was pouring it to him. And uh, <laughs> typical, you know, she comes out one day and, uh, you know, the bear is there, large boar, and she calls me. And this this bear was there, and, and you know, we're we're busy with nuisance bear. But anyway, I it was on June the 26th was day that I call him. I remember that day because a great friend of mine retired that mm. day. Mm. But I caught this bear on the 26th of June and put ear tags in him, you know, done the whole thing and, and released him. And took, nine, him, took him 10, 15 miles away. Oh, yeah. I, I took him down close to Broken Bow Lake. Okay. To the wilderness How far area. would that have been? From here, you're looking at probably 45 miles you took him 45 miles away and released him and released him you know even though you know a lot of bear all they come back normally yeah uh, but once we handle them and everything you know then they're they're a pretty intelligent animal you know they'll they'll stay away from us yeah. so we released this bear and nine days later our research team caught him in daisy Oklahoma, and you can get on a map and look. That's probably sixty miles west as a crow flies. He, I mean, he from where you dropped him off. From where I dropped him off. Wow. Yeah, he just hit got the mountains and went home, and stayed the rest of the summer there. Denned there. We went and worked him in the den, and the next spring he came back, and uh, we had a malfunction on his collar. Last known location of him was Acorn, Arkansas. Wow! Down near Mina. Wow! So, so he he went from Daisy to Mina, correct? Which how far is that? Sixty miles, would you say? As Probably. a crow flies? Yeah, somewhere. In wow! There. So, in the in the research that I've done with bears in Arkansas, or the research I've read and different things, you know, they say there was a bear that was captured and tagged in the central Ozarks that was killed on the interstate in Salisaw, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, back in the 90s. I mean, it's back when that original research was being done. Yeah, um, I, I still have that. We had that bear mounted. Now he's in no rough, way. Yeah, he's in rough shape. But oh, we, heck. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah we, we took that bear. This is in the early days of doing our bear programs in schools, you know, education, you know, about how to, what to do to keep bears from staying in your yard. You know, they're, they don't come there because they like being around humans. They like what we put out for them to eat. So this bear, we had him mounted life. What year was that, Jeff? That was probably 92 or 93. That bear 
was 156 miles away from where they captured him. Hmm. That's yeah. what I remember from the research. Yeah. And so he was – so we had him mounted life-size, and we had it – we had it – the taxidermist, we said – ask him if he could build us something for this bear that we could bolt him to so we could haul him around the schools. And he builds this huge platform – for him with handles on it and you know so we'd throw him in the back of the truck and just take off down the road and boy we'd get the looks you know, with this 300 350 did he have a nickname bear. or anything no we we never uh he was just the bear just the just the bear yeah we uh we may have come up with a nickname back then but i'd rather not say i don't i <laughs> but uh but yeah we used that bear in yeah. in a lot of schools and he yeah. he just finally wore out we start his hide you know from riding in back of the truck got mm-hmm. yeah. dried and cracked and pieces come off and we'd go down and buy some like black throw rugs and glue to the bald spots <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> but we hey. got we got a lot of mileage and a lot of good yeah. education out of that bear you, well it's pretty amazing how big these bear home ranges can be and those would probably be exceptions, but there it happens often. What would you say average bear home range would be here in the in the mountains here in Oklahoma? Do you have any idea? Well, on on the research that we've done, and and with the the collar, the bear, you know, the a, a boar may he may be ten miles in either direction any time okay move around and during the mating season go more yeah uh females normally stay pretty close within uh two or three miles of where they're born but a big boar uh, they get older will will range out farther you told me one time that you guys for a for some period of time you were doing tissue samples from all the bears harvested or from a lot of bears harvested Mm -hmm. and they were doing dna sampling and you would see that these females, there were like family groups of females that were stretched out in different areas of the mountains. That was pretty consistent. Yeah, that's correct. And they would, one, just one family group on one mountain, five miles south of there, totally different uh, DNA, mitochondrial DNA, just no relation at all as far, Wow, you know. And, cool. and sometimes even even closer than that. So these, so what that is indicating was that the females were staying close to their the home range of their mother, and the the males were just dispersing like crazy. Is yeah, that correct? That's correct. Yeah, that's the natural way for for a bear to, right. to do. The females stay close, even though they won't tolerate each other. Right. You know, unless they're both on the same food source, but but even then, you know, they they wait their turn. Yeah. But uh, but then the males disperse, and you know, the younger they are and the weaker they are, whatever, uh, you know, they just keep getting far, kicked farther and farther away until right. they end up, you know, supposed probably what this big boar that was going to Daisy every summer and spending all year you know he was yeah. probably dispersed away from here when he was a young guy and then even though he was a large you know 400 pound bear 
uh, you know, he'd come back here during the mating season now, and go back home. How long did y'all have that collar on him? He, he did that more than once, am I correct? Yeah, a couple of years. Okay, I'm not sure yeah. we said that earlier, but yeah. it wasn't just a one-time deal. You caught him over here, and then he went sick. He did that multiple years. That's correct. And then the collar malfunctioned over in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And yes. he's probably still alive over there. Now, that Could was be. a big bear. That was a large, large bear. How big do you think he was when you caught him? Well, we weighed him, and he was 426 pounds. No way. And on June 26th. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a 500-plus pound bear mm-hmm. yep. in October. Yeah. he's Easily. Yeah. We've caught. Now, this year we haven't on, on our research lines. But we catch bear every year this time of year that are over 500 pounds, hmm. you know, wow. and, and recapture the same bear. Almost <laughs> one bear we've caught four years running, just wow. just a big guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, cool. and loads loads of the hunters, you know. Man, and <laughs> the big ones are smart, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since we're talking about bear weight. Talk to me about the weights of some of these big boars over here, and and even sows. Like what? Give me a range of what you're seeing with bear weights. Well, I'll start out with the heaviest weights since that's what everyone's that's really what interested we want to hear. in. Yeah, the heaviest bear that I've handled uh, was a problem bear that I caught near Tallahanna, and he uh, he weighed 700 pounds even. Wow! Now wow. you know I've what what we were doing then, and we can still do this, is the feed mill in Hevener. We knew how much our trap weighed, so we would catch a bear if it, we thought it was more than 500 pounds. Our scales only went to 500 right, pounds. Yeah. So we would run up there and get on their truck scales and Weigh unhook. A, get a unhook, loaded weight. Yeah, unhook from the trap. You know, and pull our pickups off. We knew our trap was 1,200 pounds. Yeah. Just big old heavy thing. But, uh, you know, so 1,900 pounds is wow. what him and that trap. Wow. He filled that culvert trap up, didn't he? He did. He was laying on his back when I pulled up. I'd never <laughs> seen one do that. And it was just because he was so big, he couldn't, you know, they'll lay on their belly and put their heads on their chins. He couldn't do that. He was <laughs> wow. too big. What year was that, Jeff? Oh, boy, now you're going to get me to guessing, but that was probably five years ago, and I caught him on Labor Day. Okay. okay. So so he's potentially still around. Yeah, he could, yeah, because he was a young bear. He was actually, when I washed the trap out, and I didn't find it at first uh, in there, but I found the ear tag where I'd caught that bear three years earlier. I'll be darned. Yeah, and I, when the research started going on, they were they were putting them in in the right and the left ear. So I thought, well, I, with the nuisance bear, I'll just put one ear tag in in the right ear. And, and this uh, was your decision. You were the nobody. You were the only one. I mean, you and maybe a couple other biologists around here were the ones trapping. Yeah, we were. You were. Yeah, we were all doing that. So. Yeah. But anyway, when I caught this bear and, and worked him up, have video of it actually of the mm. release, and just because he was so huge. And uh, anyway, when I got back home and was washing the trap out, I found the ear tag from where I'd put one in him, where I'd caught him uh. three years earlier at some beehives over here on Poto Mountain. I'll be darn. And uh, so this this bear. 
was a five six year old bear yeah it was 700 and pounds. these these bears can live up to 25 30 years yeah. yeah do you have much history on the i mean i guess you've only been doing bear research for about 10 years do you have any super old bears i know in arkansas the research says that the oldest documented bear at the time and in in, in the research in arkansas it's kind of spotty like there's not been this continual research project it's like they do research projects for sections of time Mm -hmm. but the oldest bear that they had ever recorded was like 23 or 25 year old do you have any info on that we the oldest bear that we've had harvested was 18 years old okay Mm -hmm. now we had an and that's from tooth tooth aging by annuli cross section of a tooth sent off to a lab they count the rings on that tooth like a tree, basically. Yep. And we had, in 2000, 2001, our first research project, uh, we had tagged some bear, and then we've recaptured uh, a female bear several times, actually, that's still alive from that original research project, and she's 21 years old, and she's still having oh, cubs. Wow. That's right. Still that's having cool. cubs still having at cubs. 21. Mm-hmm. Yep. I guess it would make sense inside of a a new region where the bears were repatriating, like that it wouldn't necessarily be a super old age structure. But now they've been here so long, it, it's starting to be an old age structure. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and they're and they're healthy and they're like uh, domestic animals, similar as far as having babies or reproducing. They'll do it until they're till the last year or two of their life and mm-hmm. once they get to where they can't produce young they're so they're so far gone mm-hmm. usually by the end that they right. die pretty quick of quick. natural causes mm-hmm. so let's do some math on our feet here if that uh how old do you think that bear was when y'all caught her she's probably three or four years three old. years three four year old. okay yeah. so in 2001 she was three years old and she started having cubs she pretty much had cubs every other year yes until in 2019 so let's say 18 years cubs every other year that's nine litters Uh, yeah and you know some bear don't have bear every other year even though they can some you know go three four years sometimes they don't know for what reason but some some bears do do you recall do you believe this bear and i don't know if you kept that much track on her did she have well during those years in between 2001 and 2013, we didn't have a research project going. We don't know how many years Okay, she's had cubs. But since then, you know, every two years. And this... Did she ever have... Do you recall if she ever had as many as three cubs? She had three cubs, yeah. Really? Yeah, she's a good mama. Wow. Okay. So let's just say we could speculate and say she had nine, nine litters uh, and they were as many as two or three cubs each so she could have had 27 cubs could have could at probably maximum mm-hmm. yeah she could have and then you know cub mortalities about 30 percent uh, okay about like white-tailed deer or yeah it, it you know well white-tail are actually higher than that right. as far as fawn mortality but they have a lot more predators yeah. after them so yeah. So well, what what they say about bears is that you know when you're talking about when you're comparing them to other big game animals that that we hunt and use, uh, you know, whitetail a whitetail doe can get pregnant 
or first year of life mm-hmm. and immediately begin to reproduce. These bears are not reaching sexual maturity till they're three years old. At at least. And we're some of our harvest data has shown these three year old female that are harvested have not had a litter and you know, so okay. some of them may be and again, that is something that research hasn't figured out why some go a little longer than others before that. Typically, it might even be four years old before yeah. that. So when you when you look at that from a, a a recruitment standpoint of how much how many new bears are on the landscape every year, if a, a female is born and it's four years before she reproduces in the animal world, that's that's a slow reproducing mm-hmm. animal. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I heard uh, the bear biologist in Arkansas, Myron Means, say this recently, that they've really been amazed at the last 10 years in Arkansas how much, well, there's there's sows reproducing that are young. I mean, like, I think it's pretty common for them to be three years old when they start having large litters and just how fast they actually can reproduce. Yeah, when yeah. That, when there's plenty of food and for them, and uh, the weather conditions are right, yeah, they they really really produce. Yeah, and uh, there's you know there's plenty of room out there. You know, our bear uh, populations, even with the hunting seasons going on, our our population still increasing at about six percent a year in this in this area okay. where the hunting seasons are going on really so. now that's let's i want to dig into that right there jeff populations of the natural natural population of unhunted bears would increase by about 10 percent per year mm-hmm. oh yeah it showed around 11 percent here okay. but you're talking about excellent habitat yeah you know in in eight months of the year at least with a good food source so even with us taking out Ten percent of the bears were still reproduce, reproducing at six percent. So does that mean that the reproduction rate would have been about seventeen percent? You may not follow my math there. Yeah, I don't. So, <laughs> Did, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But good. yeah, we're still doing really. So really we're good. still increasing by six percent despite us taking out all these bears. Right. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah, our yeah. population isn't isn't being. It's harmed. still growing. It's still growing. It despite it, us taking out and you know the herd. Herd it could be healthier. You know when whenever you know we're not overpopulated with bear. Our our studies show that there's still a lot of room for expansion yeah. in, in this area for bear. Yeah. There's food sources unreal. Yeah. So. But anyway, still, we're still, our population is increasing, even with the high. So really, pressure. even right here at the, probably the hub of some of the best bear habitat, the population is not saturated, the habitat? That's correct. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's surprising to me. Yeah, we're, we're still in really good shape. Our, that's a good sign. Yeah. Because yeah, there's a lot of bears right here. Jeff, we hadn't told you this. We saw a bear today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. We did. We, uh, to Colby, this is Colby's first time. Wait. You've driven through southeast Oklahoma, but this is the first yeah. time. We we came over here a few hours early and went to one of our places where we bear hunt. And, a few uh, hours away. 
long ways from here. <laughs> don't, get, don't get too far. Because long ways from here. And, until, this, until this year, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were driving down the highway, and uh, over there by the dumpsters, uh-huh. there was a bear there at 12, was it 12 noon? It was around there, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hot. And uh, I was telling Colby when we were pulling up close to there's a there's a place where there's some trash barrels sometimes attract bears mm-hmm. and uh, I said I said this is a place where you can see a bear sometimes and I was gonna show him well anyway there was a bear, we pulled up and there was a bear standing there uh, we're yeah. in the high on the highway yeah. anyway and I said man it's a good day in southeast Oklahoma <laughs> when you see a bear I, and I call it a shooter <laughs> it, was, it was a nice bear too yeah but. You know, you can you could drive around in this country for weeks and never see a bear. That's what's yeah. amazing to me. I mean, right. this is densely forested. Most places in these mountains, if you just got out of your truck or walked out in the woods, you couldn't see more than forty yards. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. That during if the you're summer, lucky. during the summer, that's stretching it even. Yeah, yeah. So, the first twenty years I worked for the Department of Wildlife. And I'd kept up with the amount of bear I'd seen. Now, this isn't co- counting our problem bears or the ones that okay. was harvested. But I'd seen 19 bear in the wild. Just crossing the road. Just crossing the road. Or, you know, that's it. And I'm spending, you know, a lot of time 40 in hours a week in, in the woods and live here. So, and I have, yeah. until year before last, had never seen a bear in the woods while I was hunting and and jumped one up a mile from here yeah you know so that's that's i want to stop right there jeff that's crazy what what i mean jeff is a is bow hunting a lot around mm-hmm. here and some of your hunting is out of probably the lesser not in the heart of the bear areas but i mm-hmm. mean you just said you hunted all these years and never saw a bear while you were out actually hunting in the woods yeah that's correct it just shows you how elusive they are. Yeah. Because there's no shortage of bears here. Right. I, I mean, a good bear density. And, and we could even, I want to ask you a question about bear density and total population of bears. But as much time as you've spent in the woods, you've not seen bears. And I would say the same thing about my hunting. Growing up in the Washtenaw Mountains, you know, not far from here, um, you can hunt your whole life and never see a bear. Yeah. Hunting in November, October and November, which is is the time when these bears are starting to slow down their home their ranges are starting to to narrow down in preparation for denning so you know if you're in the deer if you're just going rifle deer hunting in arkansas or oklahoma yeah you're you're probably not gonna see a bear you could but you're you know like right now through october is probably peak bear movement Mm -hmm. i mean bears are you know we just saw one at 12 noon and it's 85 degrees outside but anyway, I just think that's remarkable. It's remarkable how elusive they are. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I turkey hunt. So I'm in the woods in yep. the spring. In the spring too. And, you know, squirrel hunt, not as much as I used to, but, you know, you just, a, a lot of people are amazed. And and I tell them, you know, even though you haven't saw a bear, there's a 99% chance if you've been in the woods, a bear saw you. Yes. You know, or and, smelled you. Yep. And, and I mean, boogered before you ever knew he was around. The, a lot of people in the woods in the fall, and you know, it's we just people just don't report seeing them that yeah. often. Yeah, you know, unless the hunters. You know, I've but, never seen a bear while turkey hunting oh, in I the mean, in good bear country in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and even turkey hunted in Oklahoma last year some. Never seen a bear while turkey hunting. Yeah. It seems like you would, wouldn't it? Yeah, they're cause, yeah, seemed like you would because of, there's not a lot of food right then, and they're definitely out first April. They're most of them yeah. are out of the den by then, so it's just. Let's go back to what I'd said before. Do do you guys have a number that is you believe is a a good estimation of how many bears are in Oklahoma? With what we've done with the research, and then our you know, the capture, release, recapture, uh, we're looking at around 11, 1,200 okay. bears in, okay. in southeast Oklahoma. Okay. And so th- that's uh, that's good math there, a good math lesson on bears, because if you want to stabilize, this is something that bear managers talk about, if you want to stabilize the bear population, you take out 10% of the bears per year, because they, they increase by 10%. And so 10% of 1,100 would be 110 bears. Mm-hmm. So in theory, you could harvest 110 bears and it wouldn't affect the population. But we're harvesting a lot less than that. Correct. Yep. So that's why the I mean the population is still still growing. And, and it's, not only, it's not only growing, it's expanding. I mean, it's right. kind of like uh, pouring water into a vast open space. I mean, it, 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 it hits and spreads out. I mean, it's like there's a – I mean, that's the way bear bear distribution happens, right, Jeff? Like mm-hmm. like bear pop, bear begin to get, get pretty dense in good habitat, and then they begin to just fold out. Males begin to disperse, and gradually females begin to disperse mm-hmm. secondly. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. We're in our far western areas that we trap for the research bear, it was several years before we caught a female okay. in some of these areas. We'd catch, and, and, you know, and there's not a lot of bear in the far west areas of where our bear, where we figure we have a bear population that stays there year-round. So we were catching seven or eight males okay, and, and no females. And just the last couple of years, we've gone to catching a few females in those areas. Oh, and had a female den uh, in one of the areas, mm. and had cubs this year. Well, and that's a that's a powerful sign of that the habitat's good. Is would you say? Yeah, the habitat's great. I mean, it it just means that it's working. Bears mm-hmm. are spreading. They're starting to you know when you start seeing females show up in in the in the Gulf Coastal Plain of Arkansas, um, like kind of where the Washitals stop, the southern edge of the Washitals. Mm-hmm. And that you know the next geographic feature they call it the Gulf Gulf Coastal Plain, which is kind of flat timberland. Yeah, lowlands. I've got some buddies that have deer leases in the northern part of that area, which just happens to be the very southern edge of the bear zone where you can bait bears on private land. I've been keeping track of this buddy of mine, and and for years they would put out bait and they would get boars. That's all they would get. They would never see a sow with a cub. And just 20 miles north, you would get sows with cubs all the time. Mm-hmm. Last year was the first year that he texted me and he said, finally got a sow. <laughs> and yeah. and, and it, to me, that showed what was happening. Mm-hmm. That's kind of on the edge of the bear range. And, uh, and, and finally, they're starting, to be, they're starting to be resident sows that must be close, yep. rearing young. Yeah, they... 
you know, she was, you know, it's just like uh, dominoes falling or, or whatever. Ever yeah. what you want, you know, stair steps. You know, just finally yeah. they, they'll get in an area and then those sows, if they, if they have three cubs, you know, there's pretty good chance that two of them maybe females, you know, during, right. during that. And, uh, you know, because that's just how God made them. You know, yeah. if Ari doesn't have a lot of bears, you yeah. can have female cubs. And, uh, you know, they'll, then those cubs in three years will have cubs and, you know, it just goes, goes from there. And then, yeah. you know, usually if there's one female in there, there's some more, right. you know, that you're just not seeing. That you're but, not seeing. But it does take several years, you know, the, from what we've seen, it takes about eight years for the females to catch up with the males. Really? Yeah. That would, that would almost line up perfectly with what my buddy saw with his, just, and obviously he wasn't doing any research. He just was putting yeah, out, just he was that. just putting out a trail camera. <laughs> yeah. But that's pretty amazing that. What what about bear densities, Jeff? Right around here, do you have idea on like per square mile? That's kind of, that's a good figure that kind of uh, somebody can understand, like how many bears per square mile. I I would it would be a good guess for me. Okay. To to that may be something you ask Sarah. Okay. Because those density numbers are, you know, because the areas where they trap, it's it's hard to get a really accurate density number in there because there's so many houses yeah in there so you yeah. probably need to talk with her okay mm-hmm. about that well i can relay the information that i know from research done in arkansas years ago i mean it's old info but basically you know a bear per square mile in the good areas was what it ended up being but that really isn't a real strong functional figure of how many bears there really would be there because that's like taking this massive geographic section mm-hmm. and, you know, bear, bear home ranges are overlapping. And at any given time in a square mile, there might be four or five bears. There. Right. But when you, when you statistically run that out, you know, for the good bear habitat in Arkansas, they were saying basically a good bear density would be one bear per square mile. You you compare that to, you know, guys, you know, we're whitetail hunters too, you know, good whitetail density, what's that going to be here in Oklahoma? Well, uh, on the national force, you're talking about maybe eight deer per square mile. It isn't real high. <laughs> That's it, not too encouraging. Yeah. So, uh, but on, on other areas, you know, you're looking at 15, 16 deer per square mile. Okay. So, so it's a lot more. For it's a lot whitetail. more. It's just, yeah, our, we have such a mature forest and the LaFleur County right. portion mm-hmm. yeah. that even though it's beautiful to look at you know big trees open you can see and that's what a lot of people look for but where if the sunlight isn't hitting the ground it's not going to support a lot of animals mm-hmm. yeah so you really yeah. you know and do you think these bears do better in the timberland like areas that are being clear-cut oh, further yeah. south of here do and, they really and that's that's one of the reasons about your bear per square mile when we're doing okay. our research it's during the best time of the year for bear to be up and moving right and so they're congregating on food sources whether it's uh someone who has feeders out year round you know some of these people bring in just tons of food 
Yeah. And so there are a lot of bear in that area. And then you go to a clear-cut area where there's just pokeberries and blackberries and, and everything. So the bear numbers really, the bear really get concentrated on these. So, yeah, yeah so I, I couldn't, that's why, you know, as far as the bear for square mile mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's, an arbitrary number. Isn't yeah. It? So, so it, it, something you did say that surprised me, uh, I've heard you say before was was that some of the more denser areas are in the private timberland. Is right. that correct? Yeah, and it's public hunting, but no no baiting allowed. Yeah, in there. But yeah, it's just unreal the number of bear that stay in those clear cuts all all wow. spring and all summer. Yeah, there's if just like all animals, if bear had to depend on acorns to live, there wouldn't be any. They right. wouldn't be any bear. They wouldn't be any deer if that's all they had to have. Yeah, and that's just so, a short window during the fall when that food source is available. Yeah, it's a bonus to get acorn. Most uh, oak trees average four years with acorns out of every decade. So four out of ten years they'll have acorns. Mm. Six years they won't. Just mm. drought. Or too much rain in August. That's what was the problem last year. All our mm. trees were really loaded, and we had 12 inches of rain in August, and acorns swole up in the caps, and it quit raining, and they shrunk and fell out. So all the acorns mm. were mm. gone by basically by the first, second week in October. Mm. So, What's some food sources that these bears are using throughout the year here? Well, it, in the spring and summer, they're on just – Forbes, everything greening, greening up early in the year, and right now they're on berries. They've been on berries, all all sorts of berries since the first of May. They'll stay there, usually by Fourth of July, middle of July. All the blackberries are okay. gone. Then they just then they go to what I call scavenging. They're just ripping up rotten. So logs. the last berries are going to be the. Uh going to be the blackberries blackberries when yeah. did the blueberries come out jeff like well, the huckleberries right, there's right now they're doing really good okay there's, yeah and the wild raspberries you know the black blackberries i've always heard and and believed that the uh service or service berry service was berries. the first berry ripe in mm-hmm. the spring is that yeah is that that's right? what yeah everyone do the bears eat those uh, they do go for those and right now, there's also plums. You know the Chickasaw plums. Now, are, there, are those native trees? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are those little thorny, small bushes. Yeah, little plum trees. Yeah. Now, just... let me ask you something. You you probably would know this. The first native flowering tree in this part of the country is going to be the serviceberry. Is Sir, that the serviceberry and dogwood, or the two? Okay. Earliest flowering trees. Okay. Yeah. Now, is the serviceberry not the ones that you see flowering when the leaves aren't even out? Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's yeah. what I've always they're, heard. They're easy to pick up. Yeah. 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 Now, there's a lot of non-native flowering pear trees around here that right. you see in agriculture along the roadways mm-hmm. and stuff. And because I tell the kids, hey, the first flowers that you see are going to be serviceberries, and, and but then. That's not always true because there's all these flower and pear trees along the road too, <laughs> yeah. which aren't native. Yeah, but yeah, in the mountains you're going to see those. Okay. First. Yeah. And then there's there's uh so there's serviceberries, huckleberries or blueberries, blackberries, wild raspberries, 
uh, pawpaws, which would mm-hmm. come in the fall, which is a big fruit. Yeah. What other kind of berries are there, Jeff? Well, there's uh, you know, dewberries. Now, uh, what's a dewberry? That a, one I actually don't. A dewberry is actually third. What most people they call them blackberries, but actually they're they get okay. It's a thorny bush. It's like a blackberry. Like a blackberry, and they'll be ripe around the first of June. They're okay. big. They're not very many seeds. Oh, okay. In them. And then there's, uh, you know, huckleberries like you mentioned. Yeah. And uh, and that's a that's a low bush. Around here we have the some type of, using air quotes, low bush blueberry mm-hmm. that's like 18 to 24 inches right. tall. Yeah. Am I right? And they, they do really good in areas that do get a, a lot of sunlight, like on the uh, south side of hills. You'll notice if some yep. pine, big pine trees die, those areas will just cover up with those real quick. And the bear yeah. really, all wildlife, yeah. go go in them, in mm-hmm. there for those. And uh, But there's just a, a ton of different kind of little berries yeah. growing out there. But they'll they'll stay on the, the blackberries. They'll have those for two months. Really? And, that long? Yep. And then they'll... Uh, in, Toward the end of July is when the poke berries will start getting ripe. Okay, and they they and really the poke berries would typically be in regeneration areas. I mean, right. like like clear cut sides of roads, right, or the edges of meadows. Yeah, you know, and everything you'll see them growing, yeah. and they really go after those. Yeah, and uh, turn their scat red. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and after after that you'll start. In the middle of August, you'll start seeing some wild grapes, okay. especially up high. That's why Talamina Drive is such a good place to drive if in the evenings or early morning if you want to see a bear. Yeah. Because all the grapes, they're usually the everything low in there is covered yeah. with grapes on a year that they make. Those be barrels and barrels of them. And then, what time of year did you say early August? The middle of August when middle we're August. doing our bear surveys. Uh, is when we go to finding. They're hitting right, the grapes. Right. So they're, yeah. they're really on them. Then uh, they'll start on, you know, shortly after that, some of the acorns will start casting off. Uh, and then they'll climb trees, too. They'll climb trees and get them. Yeah. So, but usually your, uh, you know, red oaks will go to losing a few acorns, uh, especially they'll be big and loaded, and they'll go to dropping a few in September. Then, then the white oaks, which is the preferred food source of all wildlife out there in the fall. Yeah. And then and they'll have acorns through December, usually. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so you'll see our bear, the big boars are usually stay active until around Thanksgiving. And, you know, the more cal- the calories they burn looking for food, if they're not finding enough, they'll go in the den. Usually they right. go to den earlier than the females females usually around new year's before really they go in a den okay yeah, yeah. big boars will see i, I would have heard different i would have heard that the boars would have stayed out later no a 400 pound bear needs a lot more food than a 100 pound bear. I see. that makes sense yeah so um and our bears den based upon food availability correct so if there's if food is scarce, they go to bed earlier. That's right. If food is abundant, they stay up and eat. Right, right. If the party if the party's still going, and there's plenty of chips and salsa. They just stay up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, areas 
people I know who keep game feeders up year round. Now all bear slow down, right? You know, but every week or two they'll they'll have a bear come to their feeder. That den okay. close. Yes. Now bear, they don't like even though they'll spend all summer right behind your house. When it comes to den, and usually they like to get out away from people, you know, where they're feeling a little safer. In yeah. The, if they, you know, you know, they don't all have a den, so right. just lay on the ground all winter. Yeah. Wow, that's something I'd like to talk to you, too. The, the, where do these, uh, well, okay, there's a debate, and I've heard, it's not a debate. It's just a different way of categorizing what bears do. The typical, like a kindergartner, you say, does a bear hibernate? And they go, yeah, a bear hibernates. It goes to sleep in the winter. But a bear doesn't really hibernate. That's correct. Not T- tell me what it does. It, it torpor. It's okay. called state of torpor. Yeah. And they're, they sleep, but they don't hibernate. Their body temperature stays the same. Their heart rate stays pretty. So that's the definition of hibernation is that right. their body temperature dramatically decreases and their heart rate heart dramatically rate. Yeah, like a and I've heard it said like a wood like a gopher that would go down in the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you dug him out in the winter, I mean, he would just be dang near. I mean, you couldn't hardly yeah. wake him up. They're barely alive. Yes, yeah, they have to do that to survive. Yeah, or to keep from starving to death. Uh, you know, and a, and a bear is awake every time we go to a den. You know, they they know we're coming way before we get there. Yeah, you know, and and. Uh, you know, so they're they're just they're they're not active. You know, so they're trying to maintain keep as many calories as they can during yeah. during that time because they're going to stay inactive until it starts greening up, whether that's the middle of March or the middle of April. Yeah. So it that is the most fascinating thing about bears, and I always default to it on uh, this podcast talking about uh, bear reproduction and bear denning. But it it's such a amazing strat, biological strategy. I mean, just fascinating that they they you know they eat groceries for eight to nine months a year mm-hmm. here. Am yep. I right? From yep. let's just say they go to den around Thanksgiving, first of December, right? And they're in the den till April. That's right. four months. Yep. So they get eight months worth of groceries or a year's worth of groceries in eight months. Right. And and that's they're eating. They're 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 storing up that fat. We, uh, hey, this is this is a good place to. Uh, we brought you some bear fat, Jeff. Oh, okay. I, Oklahoma bear fat <laughs> from the bear that I that I killed last year. Yeah, we that big bear we rendered down. Uh, yeah, get it out. I, show I it seen to Jeff. that in your magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This is from that batch. But now you can uh, set this on the windowsill of the uh, of the office there, Jeff, and forecast the weather or fry some fish in it we fried uh flathead catfish so good jeff it that's incredible stuff oh, yeah. right there huh. now y- yeah. you guys made bear uh or, or, well you were telling me how to make lye soap from fat from fat yeah we were using pork beef. fat beef and pork fat yeah, yeah we've yeah. it's uh what we do around here couple first couple of days of bear season when you know there's we're busy working but right. you know yeah, we'll make some homemade lye soap. It's good. Yeah. Good, good I got to get in on some of that sometime mm-hmm. when you are doing that. I want I want to use bear fat. Mm-hmm. Well, we, save we, save some. It uh 
you will still ha- see how it works, you know, yeah. because I'm I'm just a guy stand there and stirs. Right, right. You know, so. Uh, yeah. But the other guy uh, from over on the Worcester Wildlife Management Area comes over. He has the recipe. And, right. Well, yeah. see, I talked to him. You, you hooked me up with him. Mm-hmm. And I tried to follow his recipe. And I didn't really, like, we were trying to make lice soap which have been like a hard bar of soap mm-hmm. what i made ended up being more like shampoo like very large <laughs> shampoo it never it never fully solidified so it was just kind of this gooey liquid and uh you know it, so anyway i gotta perfect my recipe or i could start you know just making bare fat lye shampoo yeah yeah <laughs> but you know we've we have that problem you know we all, okay it doesn't solid so up. yeah and when it, it doesn't get solid we turn the fire back on and and boil it okay longer you know and the the longer you you boil it the darker it gets you know but yeah. but it's it's good we had some out one year and you know you just cut it into squares we'd put it in a sheet pan and then cut yeah. it up and i'd put mine into it was into just a little cookie tin like you get these danish christmas cookies in yeah and had it sitting in the office and we were having a meeting around christmas and one of the guys walked in and grabbed a piece of that thought it was fudge <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and yeah he i don't know if he ever got that washed, washed out. out yeah well, he talked clean the rest of his life yeah he yeah. talked clean <laughs> the bear tech throws in the pun yeah the one time he talks <laughs> yeah so the it probably cleaned him out from head to toe yeah but, uh, yeah for real but yeah I, I mean i'm thinking yo don't walk into our office and just grab something and think it's <laughs> eat it think it's edible anyway yeah. you know yeah but yeah. uh because there's no telling how long it may yeah. have been laying there even if it was a piece of fudge i mean you can tell by looking, <laughs> looking at me uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of food laying around <laughs> oh that's funny well jeff what would you to me, these this population of bears is so special, like for real. I've, I I've been able to hunt all over North America, and I love hunting right here as much as anywhere on the planet. And and part of that is because I I feel like this is my home, mm-hmm. and it is my home turf. I mean, really in Arkansas, but you know, pretty yeah. much an extension over into these mountains. So that that's part of it. But the other part of it is is uh. I mean, there's some incredible, there's some incredible bears over here. There's some incredible opportunity. But to me, the the foundational coolness of it all is that this is an absolute success of modern conservation and hunting working together. I mean, right. it, it, there would not be bears here today because we didn't say it before, but this is native bear range. I mean, it, it, these bears came in from Arkansas from the 1950s and 60s and that reintroduction. We mm-hmm. didn't say that before, but, I mean, the bears were here right. natively long before white Europeans got here. Right. And and, and and they were extirpated because of landscape level logging and, uh, and, and market hunting, which I always make clear has nothing to do with modern hunting. That's correct. I mean, it's yeah. not even, we shouldn't even call it hunting, what they were doing. I mean, they were... They were farming for wildlife, right. basically. Yeah, they were earning a living yes. harvesting animals. Yes. And so so when we come over here and we see a bear driving through like we did today, man, that to me that is a point of celebration that we've got these critters here, and we wouldn't have those critters here if we didn't have 
the incredible habitat in a million acres of public land, right? And even in these, well, just in Southeast Oklahoma. Right. And I mean, that goes back to another thing we talk about all the time is that the, the public land that we have available to us is an incredible feature of rural American living that most people on the planet in the history of humanity have not had access to is that vast amounts of public land where the wildlife there belongs to us. And we have, if we can follow the rules, we get access to hunt this land. I mean, so this is a celebration of modern conservation. Right. Yeah. These, the, the bear have always been special to us who've worked with them in Oklahoma. It's yeah. uh making a decision to open a season on them was something that, you know, we just didn't get up one day and say, Hey, you know, let's, let's start a season. This was yeah. talked about for years yeah. before, uh, even before the first research project in 2000, 2001. And then after that research project was over and we knew uh, about where our bear numbers were and, and the core areas of our, of our bear population, it, it was eight years before we decided to open a season. Right. And so it's something we we care a lot about having the bear here and, and monitor, you know, bear health. Yeah. Uh, as the summer goes on with our research projects, you know, and yeah. it's we, you know, if if something happens with our bear population, you know, we have a, a way that we can stop the hunting if we if we have yeah. to. But yeah. right now, it's a great opportunity to be able to hunt this this animal that even today that there's a lot of people in Oklahoma who do, who do not even know it's that we have. It's a sought-after animal in Oklahoma. Right. And it really is, isn't it? It's, I've, I'm amazed. I, I don't hunt bear. Uh, it's, it's mainly because I'm working 18, right. 20 hours a day yeah. during that time of the year. Right. But uh, I'm amazed at the number of hunters who were diehard deer hunters who just don't even think about deer hunting the first five or six days of archery season they're just after they after become bear, bear hunters they become bear hunters yeah. and i didn't i didn't you know until we had a season i if you'd ask me if we'd had people that would rather bear hunt than deer hunt i'm i would probably said no nah, probably not you know just because yeah everyone who lives here just about lives here because they like to deer hunt because yeah. it's such a, a great opportunity you know, and you can see on some of the large leases, you know, where they're, you know, maybe growing bigger deer and heavier deer and all. But if you want a good hunting experience, everyone wants to come, yeah. you know, to these mountains and, and try to get a whitetail buck. And yeah. now it's turned that way for bear. Yeah. We're, uh, I'm getting calls every year from hunters, other other states, one hunter from canada who just you know he's going man i'd love to come down to fall and and harvest a bear down there so and and he's and when you think canada you think huge bodies and huge weights but he was just having a hard time believing you know the opportunity to harvest a 300 pound boar bear because they don't even have those where he was from mainly because you know six or seven months out of the year yeah. Those, those bear are hibernating. That's they, right. They don't, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of hunting pressure, a lot of bear harvested, so yeah. they don't get to get the age either, maybe. Yeah. So. Colby, do you have any questions for Jeff? River? I do. 
I didn't introduce River. River's here with us, my daughter. If we reach back to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, guess the thing I was thinking was when you were, whenever you're talking about moving or relocating the boars, like what their range looked like, whenever you relocate a sow, uh, do you take them out the same distance? And if you do, uh, do they stay in that area or do they kind of have a range like the boars do? We try, if, if a bear is a problem, we, I mean, we won't go and set a trap and move a bear if it's just say walking through your yard. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, if, if this bear's getting on your porch or just hanging around your house for four or five days, you know, once that bear needs for the bear's safety and the human's safety, that you don't need a bear that's that's got so used to humans that they feel like they can just stay right there. Yeah. So we will move them the same distance. Mm-hmm. Now, they, like I said earlier, they always come back. Mm-hmm. We've moved a bear. And I know Clay will know where Zafra is. Mm-hmm. We moved a bear, female sow. Uh, just right across the river here from us and took her to Zafra and released her on a Monday afternoon and on, or Tuesday afternoon. And on Friday, she was right here in this yard. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, so even wow. though her range didn't take her that far, they just... They know, they know how to get back hmm. to where they're from. That she, is, amazing. And, is amazing. And she had uh, yearling cubs. And, you know, we had done everything to try to catch the cubs but couldn't. But it was, you know, dire situation. You know, the same old story. Someone sees a bear and they put food out for it and want to get pictures. This, you know, way before cell phones and yeah. everything. And and the person, you know, was threatening to shoot the bear if we didn't come move it. And we... Yeah caught her and sedated her and left the trap door open so maybe the cubs would go in there but they they wouldn't you know so we couldn't release her right there and but we did take her and release her and she came back and her cubs were they would have survived they would have survived right but but they would have typically gone to the den with her one more time probably yep so but they were definitely with her then so river got a question for mr jeff no question from River Newcomb. Okay. <laughs> this is good, wasn't it, River? That was really fun. Yeah. Jeff, anything that you would like to say? I mean, just any – or anything we didn't cover? I mean, we – I really just wanted to cover the nuts and bolts of bear biology. You know, it's it's rare that I get to sit with a professional that like you that is uh, – I mean, you obviously you're doing more than just bear, but that's a big part of what you do and have yeah. done. And I know you – really value the bear and and uh and, and and that you're a hunter too so you you understand not just wildlife biology but you understand kind of the hunter's perspective um but any any other general comments about the bear here in southeast oklahoma well one thing i'd like to touch on is that we've expanded open areas that's it for yeah. bear hunting uh, opportunities this fall yeah uh, we're gonna basically everything if if you looked on a map and you come out of Fort Smith, Arkansas on Interstate 40, mm-hmm. once you get into Oklahoma and go west to where Highway 69 meets Interstate 40, then everything south of there is going to be open for archery and muzzleload season. Mm-hmm. We still have a 20-bear quota on our muzzleload season. Okay. 
uh, it's never been met right. during muzzleload season. The most bear we've have harvested during muzz- a muzzleload season was seven. So Boy, they're tough to get over bait by late October. Yeah. And they're Super really, tough. they're really smart, yeah. you know, and by then they're out in the mountains or they're out in the clear cuts. Right. Or Hunters have been in the woods pretty steadily, you know, for, you know, our muzzleload season opens the fourth Saturday in October. So okay. by the end, the bear have, have pretty much gone nocturnal, yeah. you know, and we did, like I said, we have a few harvested every year with the muzzleloader, yeah. but those, uh, those are just chance encounters, mm-hmm. most right. of them. Right. You know, they're, most of the people aren't setting over their bait on private land for bear mm-hmm. during those times. Right. So so that's that's a big deal. So the bear range now is no longer the four counties. How many counties does it entail now? Boy, Probably you're catching a, me a bunch. It, it, there is several yeah, counties. Yeah. I mean, you, you know. doubled, tripled the size of the bear. Uh, more than doubled more the than size. Doubled. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And, mm-hmm. You know, so it and in some of those areas, there may not be very many right. bear, but we've had a lot of trail camera photos. We're not doing research in in these areas, but yeah. our surveys, you know, we're we're getting some bear hits in there, and we just you know want to offer the opportunity to people who right. live in those areas. You know, I think when when people start hunting bears in a new region like Oklahoma, like all of a sudden there's a bear season and there wasn't before. I think one of the things that people are beginning to understand here and is that how good bear taste, Jeff. Right. I mean, we had a bear chili at my house last night. My wife didn't, I didn't tell her what it was. I just, (laughs) uh, we just had it and she's totally cool with eating bear meat, but, uh, you know, it's probably not her, preference most of the time and my wife would be the finickiest eater of anyone in our family river how's the bear chili no one knew that it wasn't i mean there's any way that you can cook beef you can cook bear that's right if it's handled well it's good i had bear asabuco when i was in uh british columbia asabuco is a i don't want to i don't know the net i don't know where exactly the shanks it's the the shanks shanks. but it's like a French dish or something. They, they, they not mm, French. I'm not Italian. Sure. Italian, but mm. it's where they slice the the shank up. They use it for oxtails. Mm-hmm. They use asabuco. They'll, they'll take an oxtail and cut it. But uh, I promise you, you could have set that in front of a king and given it to him and told him it was beef, and he would have loved it. I mean, like there's there's a lot of great ways to eat bear meat. I like to smoke it. Uh, you know, use it in chili. Uh, we grilled some on the grill last week. We were grilling some chicken, and I thawed out some bear steaks and seasoned it up good. I like to season it up good, mm. and I mean it's just it's good meat. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was surprised. I'd never eaten any bear until we had a season. Right. Hunters asking me, you know, yep. best way to prepare it, and I'm. I don't. I don't know. I, I you know, and uh, a friend of mine who unfortunately has passed away. Uh, since then had harvested a, a young bear and he gave me a like two steaks off of it and we'd had fried hamburgers for lunch and just frying pan on the stove and and so I just cut that bear into little medallion sized pieces and threw in there after we'd cooked the burgers and, and ate it just mainly because so I could tell hunters hey I've, I've here's what it. I've done and I've ate it and I was surprised. Yeah. I, I expected it 
to taste like venison, but it was nothing like venison. It was more like beef. Yeah. Uh, what I was thinking, round steak. Yeah. It tasted more. And yeah. uh, my grandchildren eat it. I eat it. But my wife, she, she, <laughs> she's from California. And uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say a whole lot more about that. But, Bless her uh, heart. Yeah. But uh, she, she eats deer and everything, but yeah. she still... Uh, Kind of, yeah, that's kind of, kind of like my wife. She's even she's from Arkansas, and she's still she she will eat bear meat, but it's not you know there's just something. Yeah, it's not like mental. oh boy bear, you know when they're yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I was I was surprised at yeah. how, how great a table fare it was. Yeah, and uh, it's such to me it's such a historical food, and people don't realize it. But the, there's literature from Arkansas um, that that says if you ate meat on an Arkansas table in the Ozark or Washita mountains in the, in the 1800s, there was a high probability that it was bear meat. Yeah. I read, I read that somewhere from a historian that, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's great meat, but, uh, and then this fat. Now this is something we're really exploring a lot right now. And I've been rendering fat for a long time, but, uh, we're, we're finding new ways to use it. And, uh, it's good stuff. Colby, it's solidified. It's on the bottom. It's yeah. Is yeah. that normal? Two, yes. Well, okay, Jeff. Oh man, you've opened up a can of worms. <laughs> we got a major research project going on right now about how to render pure liquid oil uh-huh. versus this this thick pasty lard uh-huh. because we've done it. We've we've we're trying some different ways to render it. And uh, anyway, that was a solid lard when we first did it i mean mm-hmm. you could have like scooped it out almost with a knife mm-hmm. huh. and now it's starting to solidify but all that oil's good like if you were to mm-hmm. cook with that or something i mean you just stir it up and put it in a frying pan and whoosh, oh man it would it would be perfect but well hey we're going to close down we've we've uh gone a little ways here jeff thank you so much for oh, taking welcome, the time Clay. it's always a pleasure yeah. seeing you and, yeah uh, I hope I see you. Well, I know I'll see you again. I, this is in route to where I hunt, so I stopped by and talked to Jeff. But I hope I see you this year with a big bear in the back of my truck. Yeah, that that's that'd be great. Last year was was good getting to check your bear, and yeah, man, I, I know you were awful happy about that. Yes, and so we have three or four guys that we've come to know since yeah. bear season that we're rooting for every year and hoping to see on opening day and. Uh, I think you had the largest one this year. So well, so that the, that the I largest checked one in, checked here. Yes. Checked here. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, well, the that six hundred eight pound bear down south, I guess, was the biggest one in the state. Yeah, the biggest one I heard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. and so I had another uh, pretty good size boar, four hundred pounder. Yeah. So you know, checked in. Yeah, uh, archery kill and to finish up on as far as weights we got off there just a while ago i wanted to say that we have checked in a 340 pound female bear wow so that was the second one i've seen that was 300 or that's monstrous yeah Mm -hmm. that'd be hard to tell a big dry sow without cubs i mean you kill a shoot a 340 pound bear you assume you're shooting at a male mm-hmm. yeah she was huge wow she was wow. really big and I, i've asked those people to bring it back i wanted to score score, oh, to score see the if, skull yeah and they they have it that 
brought him back. I told Colby on the way down here, I should have brought my bear skull, Jeff. Yeah. From that big bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, next time I come, I'm going to bring it. Jeff's okay. an official Boone and Crockett scorer, so he can officially score bears. Yep. But I don't think it's going to make 20. Yeah. It, and that was kind of surprising to me. That's for another podcast. Well, hey, Jeff, this is what we say on all our podcasts at the end. We say, keep the wild places wild, because that's what bears are. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.